Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Friday, June 3rd, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know today is World Bicycle Day, folks? But she doesn't ride a bike because <laughs> unlike me, she's not fat. She is the she-devil with a saber. She is the Khaleesi of Port Hope. She is Catherine Krosnowski. How you doing there, Catherine? Oh, much better now, David. Thank you for that fine Sorry to wake you up. <laughs> I was sleeping and well, now I'm awake. I feel good. Well, you know, we had a long night here, of course. Yeah. Uh, our beloved uh, colleague, uh, Tamara Ugolini, the Khaleesi of Coburg, yeah. came all the way down to co-host the Rebel News live stream for the election. And wow, what an election. Um, that's the big story, and we'll get to that right off the hopper. But at this point, what is the ostensible policy reason of what we're trying to do here today? Well, we like to uh, go through the news of the day yep. and uh, dissect it as rebels and give our two cents for you, it's a little more, probably. And, you know, I can never remember all the platforms, folks. Usually, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed, our chief reporter, and that's why she is the chief reporter, can memorize them. But we are on YouTube. Uh, we love the fact that we have, what, 1.6 million subscribers. Yep. But if we get to any kind of dicey subjects, like a contrarian view of COVID-19, uh, electoral uh, fraud, oh, Electoral fraud in 2020. You can talk about electoral fraud in 2016. You can fill your boots with that one. Uh, we have to depart because they've already demonetized us. We certainly don't want to be deplatformed uh, by uh, YouTube. But such as the reality of the censorious thugs of Silicon Valley, we have to watch what we say, even though they're based in the United States of America, the land of the First Amendment. <laughs> Irony, eh? Um, so you can continue to watch us, I believe Rumble, it's on Rumble, Odyssey, Odyssey Super, U. Super U. And I don't know if there's another. Is it Getter, I believe? Maybe Getter. Yes, I've got the thumbs there up. You go. And if you make a um, contribution with your chat, uh, because that's how we keep the lights on here, folks. Uh, we're not like the mainstream media, which does, um, you know, Reg, the Roger style negative option billing. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they give you something and charge you for it, even when you don't want it. So we don't play that game. Uh, if you can send us a contribution, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And the quid pro quo part of that deal is we read your comment uh, on the air. So, uh, Catherine, uh, without further ado, uh, let me ask you right off the uh, the hopper, what did you make of those results last night? Well, um, I wasn't surprised because basically everything I heard on Twitter slash the streets was that Doug Ford was going to have a landslide. I was, I guess I was surprised by just how much. Yes. I didn't really, like when I was looking at the, the results graph afterwards, I, I was shocked at how little the Liberal Party got because I was actually a little concerned that they would be closer or win, even though I'd heard the opposite of that. You know, it's always a it's always a nightmare. You know situation. what? I share your shock. I am absolutely gobsmacked by how poorly the liberals did, Catherine. Um, you, you know, they were uh, called the minivan party because they had seven seats. I thought they were going to become the minibus party. Uh, I thought at least they will get 
12 uh, seats. The only one, mo most polls were saying about 20. The only poll that got it right, or was closest, I should say, was Form. I think Form predicted six seats. Um, but to only get one extra seat for Stephen Del Duca, not to win his riding yeah. of uh, Vaughn Woodbridge, um, it was an unmitigated disaster. You know, by the way, there's still the minivan party. Uh, there is or there was some minivans on the market where you could seat eight people. <laughs> I guess the, the, in, in the plus side of things, unlike the federal conservatives back in 1993, when they were left with two seats, uh, they're not the Mazda Miata party, <laughs> right? Uh, but uh, enough with the auto analogies. Very specific analogy. <laughs> what, what do you think went so horribly wrong? Because the narrative, Catherine, was uh, Ford's going to get in. Uh, most pollsters were saying 80 seats. There was one that predicted as high as 88. I thought that was too high. It turned out to be 83, so it was somewhere in the middle. But what went so badly for these liberals? Because, you know, Catherine, to use a, a sporting analogy, this was a rebuilding season, I think, for Stephen Del Duca and his Liberal Party. You, you know they're not going to form the government, but they got a shot at the opposition. They're certainly going to get significantly more seats than they got in 2018, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's, for me, there was two things. Um, I think, one, Del Duca was very open about wanting to vaccinate every child in the province yeah. below five years old, right? Or, or uh, <laughs> everyone who was in public school and making it a mandatory uh requisite for going to elementary school and public school. So I think I'm I'm pleased to see that most parents were level headed about that and made that choice. Should I even say that on YouTube? I'm not sure. Um, secondly, I think he uh, I know it's shallow, but I don't think he was a likable candidate and people shouldn't vote that way. But they do. And I think that may have led into that. Yeah, he was by no means uh, Mr. Charisma, yeah. was he? Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm with you. I think he gambled wrongly in terms of what I call the COVID Karen demographic, mm -hmm. that this would cotton on. And I could see why he would make that promise, because I'll tell you, Catherine, the mass mandates ended in this province on March 21st, I believe. And yet, I don't know about you, but when I go out and about, uh, when I go into a shopping mall, the vast majority of people are still masked up. So maybe on that perception, he saw a, um, a desire for these kind of, you know, for mandatory vaccinations for school children. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a loser pitch, I think. Yeah, well, I, I've actually noticed that the number of people who are wearing masks um, voluntarily has gone down recently. Oh, okay. Mostly outdoors like when the mask mandate dropped i saw so many people wearing them outdoors oh i still see it yeah i see it but not <laughs> as much as even two months ago three months ago i think people are starting to uh level out on the fear yeah but um it's interesting about the voter turnout because it was remarkably low i know and people are you know people on Twitter, it's not the world, but people on Twitter are saying like, oh, people who didn't vote, like 67% of Ontarians did not vote. And they're saying, well, you got what you asked for, you can't complain. And it's true, if you don't vote, I don't think you should complain about who's in power. But I think, um, why did people not vote? I, I think it's because the government and the mainstream media has been spending the last two years freaking everybody out, telling them that they're gonna die if they leave their house. Yeah. That, Maybe that has nothing to do with it, but it's like, that's been the narrative. People are walking around with two masks on, and so they don't wanna to go to voting centers. You know, I think, Catherine, my theory is, you know, going back to 2018, when the Ford PCs first got elected, that was not so much voting for the Ford PCs as Ontarians voting to get 
the win liberals mm-hmm. out of power. Yeah. Um, going back to Dalton McGuinty, who passed the baton to Kathleen Wynne, uh, they were well past their best before date. <laughs> and uh, it was, and and that's typically when you see an engaged voter turnout. It's to get the incumbents out. Having said that, I think this was absolutely baffling, and maybe it speaks to the. Um, the the leaders of the other parties, as you mentioned, Catherine, uh, Stephen Del Duca, uh, not exactly um, charismatic. Andrea Harworth, I'm sorry, but the facts are the facts. 13 years and three losing campaigns each time. This is the fourth. There won't be a fifth. Um, and I'm thinking because you look at what is toxic, what is kryptonite to an incumbent government, Catherine, and it's things like the economy. Well. We're paying more than $2 a liter for gas. You go to the grocery store, you get sticker shock when the total comes up. Healthcare, Doug Ford promised in 2018, he used his late great brother as an example. He was going to end hallway healthcare. I think it's gotten worse in four years. These were the two biggest issues. They are fails uh, here in Ontario. And normally that gets, that's very worrisome for Mm -hmm. the incumbent government. Instead, the Ford PCs went from 76 seats to 83. Um, I can only think, um, Catherine, maybe the electorate was given the was giving the provincial government a pass, realizing things like high energy costs, two dollar a liter gasoline. That's really the result of horrible federal liberal policies. Yeah, and global markets yeah. in terms of gasoline as well. You know, so that that's what made it baffling to me because. Uh, Wow, if I was a part of the um, you know the Ford team and looking at what ordinary Ontarians are paying, um, and I mean, you see with, with some seniors on fixed income, uh, the slogan, um, heat or eat, not both, right? Um, and this is Ontario, yeah. this is the most prosperous province in the Dominion of Canada, it's a first world country. That's shocking, but they dodged that bullet. Yeah, I, I was reading an article this morning about how in Toronto, food banks have increased the number of people that are going to them by, like they've tripled. Wow. So that is a, a crazy amount of people who are now relying on food bank food to feed their families compared to, I think it was 2018 or 2016. It's just, it's it's terrifying. It, it, it is, and that is a shame. We should also point out that the um, the independent candidates that we interviewed uh, last night, uh, Belinda Carajalios, Rick Nichols, uh, this was part of the, um, the undesirables in the Ford caucus uh, because uh, Belinda, like Roman Baber, spoke out against lockdowns. Oh, you can't have that. Rick Nichols, uh, last August, he was given the choice. You either get your jab or you lose your job. Uh, and and he, we went down to Queen's Park together that That's day. right. Yeah. yeah. And he, he uh, <clears throat> we, we were able to contact him. And uh, that was one promise Ford did keep, by the way, folks. Uh, <laughs> at 5 p.m. on that day, uh, Rick Nichols was told, you're out of caucus. Didn't seem to hurt him. I, I, we should point out that um, Bobby Ann Brady, mm-hmm. she's an independent, kind of. I say kind of because she's a longtime PC staffer. And she was passed over for nomination. And in Haldeman Norfolk, she won her seat. She smashed it. Oh, and you know what? Um, I'm kind of kicking myself because when Maurizio and I went down to the Friday the 13th ride in Port Dover last month, um, I noticed her signs everywhere. And they were 
deep blue like the PC mm-hmm. signs. But when I went up to, to look at them closely, there was no PC logo. And I thought, wow, this is, and it's not just signs on public uh, vacant lands. It was on private property. I said, there might be something happening here. I don't know if she would have given us an interview or had the time. Um, and given that I was wearing a suit and it was like yes, 150 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit, uh, I was quite the sweaty Betty. But but in any event, um, that is a big middle finger mm-hmm. to the PC uh, machine. Uh, she was passed over. She said, screw you. I'm going to run as an independent. And she won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she smashed. And it's um, people are saying, like, who is this? Who is this? It's like, well, it's someone who the, the people of Norfolk really like apparently so it doesn't really matter if uh you're part of the big party if you have the people behind you you can do anything it it looks like it and you know what i like the idea because i've seen it happen before where the grassroots nomination committee um supports a candidate they like the candidate the the candidate has a good chance of winning and for some reason the party establishment goes no uh we're superseding uh, your desires that's what happened with steve lecce by the way in king city uh we covered it in real life time where uh the pc party at that nomination uh vote they actually i guess it was a uh a a, a sort of a, a view of things to come they actually called york regional police um, and there were six cruisers that descended upon the nomination meeting. We, we saw it. And it was to get the preferred candidate out and make sure there was no trouble. And Steve Lecce in. And uh, he got voted in. He won again last night, of course. Uh, but I hate to see that. I hate to see the arrogance of a party supersede the wishes Why of a local. Why did he do that? Like in, in Bobby, what's her name's name? Uh... You know what? Uh, that's a great question. I would, you know, obviously they thought uh, there was one of two things is typical, uh, Catherine. One is they think the candidate has some skeleton in his or her closet, or they think they have a much better chance with their handpicked mm. candidate. Uh, it did not work for them in Haldeman, Norfolk. Yeah. Here's a question, uh, Catherine. Uh, speaking of Rick Nichols, speaking of uh, Belinda Carahalios. This is um, these are the candidates with the Ontario Party, the new blue party four years from now. And I agree that's an eternity in in politics. It's a super eternity. Do you think those parties are still going to be around, are still going to be fielding candidates? I hope that the candidates are around because I like Belinda a lot and I like Derek Sloan. But I, I we've talked about this before and you've you've interviewed them individually and asked them, like, why would Randy Hillier and why would Derek Sloan and why would Rick Nichols and why would Barry Linda Carrie Helios not all join together yeah. under one banner and have like the new new blue or whatever it is they want to call themselves. But I we've talked about this. It's an ego problem. I think so. And it's really unfortunate because they could have really I mean, maybe they would have split the conservative vote. It doesn't look like it would have made much of a difference. Um, but they could have really made a name for themselves and in four years maybe had an actual shot. But I, I, I don't think that they have a shot. Maybe they'll be around, but they'll probably be just as small as they are now because people don't want to vote for someone who they think is has just a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think there was some bad blood. And listen, I, I really like yeah. Jim and Belinda Carahelios. Yeah, sure. I like uh, uh, Derek Sloan yeah. and Rick Nichols. But, you know, I received some campaign literature from the New Blue Party last month, and I found it inexplicable, uh, Catherine. I wish I brought in the envelope. But even before you open the envelope and read um, the letter from the New Blue Party, what they want to do, Right on the envelope uh, is a shot at Derek Sloan, right? 
And um, I'm not saying it's inaccurate or anything, but I'm thinking, well, Derek Sloan, the Ontario party, you're going after him. The guy in the big chair is yeah. Doug Ford yeah. with the PC. Like, you He's know, the one that ousted you. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, 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 it's like uh, an internal squabble. It's and so silly. It's a waste of ink. It is. Uh, but but it, I've never seen that before. Yeah. It, you know, uh, we're right on the envelope. Oh, by the way, here's why this guy is the wrong guy. And the Ontario Party, much like the new blue party, is it turns out uh, didn't have a, a hope of winning the election or even getting their, their candidates mm -hmm. voted. So I, I think that was a huge misstep. Yeah. The fact that they didn't go for critical mass of all these ousted MPPs. Yeah, like put your little squabbles aside if you disagree yeah. on certain issues. But the point is that they're pro-freedom, anti-lockdown, pro-bodily autonomy. Like those are the important things, protecting children from these experimental, you know, policies. We're still on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Policies, policies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, now I think w one thing Ford did do right in his campaigning, and I guess w people in the media business weren't crazy about it. There were so many days, so many events where he didn't take media questions. Uh, they were isolating uh, Doug Ford. They, I think there was a fear of him having to answer a, uh, a gotcha question wrongly. Um, so it was like, he kind of reminded me of um, no comments, no more comments girl yes. in Ottawa, uh, except that he uh, he didn't have the witch's hat on and <laughs> the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the odd makeup, uh, Catherine. But you know, it's funny, um, he was promising infrastructure uh, projects, bridges, the 413 highway. And I, I mentioned the 413 highway because if you listen to the opposition, uh, this was kind of like, you know, dumping Agent Orange in the Amazon, uh, you know, uh, forest. And um, the funny thing is, I think every riding that highway touches, uh, or just about every riding, went PC. So while the downtown Toronto elites like Margaret Atwood were going, oh, stop this highway, <laughs> um, you know, living in an area where there'll never be a high rise blocking the sun from uh, her nice house, the people that actually lived in the riding uh, wanted this highway, obviously, yeah. because otherwise they'd well, vote against it. Have you been on it. the 401 lately? Uh, I try today, and even at a non-rush hour uh, day, it it's looked like rush hour. Yeah, so infrastructure is really big, and um, I think that did uh, Doug Ford well. Uh, another misstep by Del Duca. I can't. I think about fifteen to twenty-five times, Catherine. I kept hearing him talk about rotisserie chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that he was going to take the uh, the the provincial tax off prepared foods, so you'd uh, save someone. Now, I mean, listen, I'm all for that, Man believe me. But yeah, when you buy your family's groceries and you're saving. 18 cents on a rotisserie chicken. I mean, really, I don't think that's a deal maker in terms of me voting liberal. And yet it was rotisserie chicken, rotisserie chicken. And obviously- the man uh, likes a good bird, yep. let me say. And I guess with uh, Andrea Horwath, uh, what do you make of that? Um, uh, her speech last night, it looked like a victory speech. I, I guess it was a victory in one sense. She's still the official opposition. But she went down yeah. in seats, uh, and it was already a bad number. Uh, 
I guess this is called what putting lipstick on a pig or something. <laughs> I'm not calling Andrea Harvey that pig. I'm, I'm talking about Certainly the results that, uh, of the election. But what do you make of how poorly they did? Um, well, I'm not, I'm not surprised because I grew up in an era where the NDP never had a chance, and that was oh. always the, that was always the uh, the joke. But in what late, area was that? Well, I mean, in the in the era, like in the oh the era. Yeah, I'm where sorry. It okay. was always kind of like until Jack Layton. No, the, the NDP was a joke, and yeah. so it wasn't until recently that it became actually in contention. And you know, Jagmeet Singh is quite popular federally. Ooh. Um, but his brother didn't win. No, in his brother. Yeah, his brother <laughs> lost it. his seat. Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, you'd think that the name, I guess the name is very common, but you'd think just having his brother would push him through it with popularity because, you know, politics is so like that. Where... It, it can be, but I think the opposite happened, Catherine. I think there was a critical mass of Brampton voters in that riding who are justifiably furious mm -hmm. that the fourth place party leader is propping up this liberal minority government, um, you know, condemns them on every policy, yet votes for it, mm -hmm. uh, it trying to play, uh, play it both ways. I think um, there was all, enough resentment right. of the brother for out. doing this. Yeah. Did you cover that story? Or who, no, I think that was Lincoln, Lincoln Jay, Jay, right? Yeah. 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 And, yeah Jagmeet was booed out of Brampton weeks, two weeks ago, and it was shocking because, you know, he's from there. Yeah. So but, you'd think that he would be well received, but I think you're absolutely right. I think people feel betrayed by him, especially NDP, because they're supposed to be the, the people's party. They're supposed to be for the working class. And there's nothing working class about Jagmeet Singh. And, and his love for Justin Trudeau is just like so obvious and atrocious. And it's just people don't like him. You know, and that's a good point, too, uh, Catherine, because the top eight, I believe, private sector unions all supported mm -hmm. the Ford Conservatives. Which is so, so strange. Oh, it's unbelievable. Not yeah. the, not the uh, public unions. Mm -hmm. they, they were chanting anybody but Ford, but the private sector unions were on Team yeah. Blue. All of them, all the major ones. Uh, I've never seen that before. And by the way, in the area you grew up in, we, we have to make note that 1990, um, not sure how old you are, and I'm forbidden <laughs> to ask that. a lady her age, but in 1990, um, and I guess it's, uh, judging by history, it was a statistical anomaly, the Bob Ray NDP party actually swept to a majority government in Ontario. Nobody saw that coming, See, not so even young, Bob Ray. I, did, I didn't even know that. <laughs> okay. It's a baby. <laughs> so I guess that was just, like I said, uh, an anomaly. And uh, I, I guess maybe just to wrap this, unless you have some other thoughts, uh, Catherine, the voter turnout being so low, that really bothers me. And you know what, maybe, the, here's my theory. As, as I mentioned, most of the pollsters had the Doug Ford Conservatives at 80, they won 83, one, one pollster had them winning 88. So they were a little wrong on the high side. I think maybe, Catherine, when, voters see those kind of numbers, they go, well, yeah. done deal. Absolutely. Why, why bother showing up? It's just a waste of shoe leather. Yeah. But no. They could uh, have turned it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and even if you are of the ilk, because I, I hear this all the time, oh, there's nobody worth voting for. And by the way, one poll showed that more than 50% of the electorate would prefer all the party leaders to be changed, right? <laughs> you know, including Ford. But even if you say there's nobody worth my vote and the startup parties, they don't have a chance, still go and cast a ballot. And when I say cast a ballot and there's no one to vote for, ask to decline your ballot. You know, um, Catherine, 
I'm not saying spoil your belt because then they just assume you're too stupid to put an X in a circle. You ask the scrutineer, I want a form to make sure you record this as a decline ballot. And I'm all, I've always said, uh, Catherine, imagine an Ontario election. Imagine one, two, three million voters did that mm -hmm. and said that to all the message. parties, none of you are worth my time. Mm -hmm. That's sending a message. Yeah, absolutely. Instead, because like we can make like my excuse was maybe they're scared of COVID. People are saying like, oh, they're too lazy. People are saying, oh, well, the the wage is so people's wages are so low compared to the cost of living. So people can't take time off of work to go and vote. There's all sorts of excuses you can make. But yeah. that's a great point. Like make take the time to go and say, no, it's not any of those things. It's like, I don't like any of these leaders and I we need change. Yeah, and you certainly couldn't blame the weather yesterday, at least in the GTA. It was like room temperature, sunny, no too humidity. Too hot for you, right, David? Too <laughs> oh, a little, hot? Yeah, a little Are you too hot right now too, David? <laughs> this guy. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a funny thing in the office, folks, what Catherine's Freezing. referring to. It seems that all the women folk or those who identify as female are wrapping themselves in sweaters, even in the summertime. Uh, I'm already turning into a sweaty buddy here. There's, I, a, there's I, a vent right on us right now. Out blowing cold air. I don't feel it is cold <laughs> at all. And I'm telling you, I, I think for males and females, we have, we're we part of the same species, but we have a different thermostat. And yet it's funny, isn't it, folks, that whenever you see a triple crossing of Lake Ontario, it's always a female swimmer and that water never warms up. It's always frigid. because we're tired. I, I don't get it. But uh, <laughs> then again, um, I think I failed grade 11 biology. Um, <laughs> so um, that is uh, what we have right now. Do I'm going to check with... Um, the producers, do we have any video to run from last night? No. Okay, then. You you have the joy of us talking on your screen for the next few minutes. But <laughs> by the way, folks, uh, in less than four minutes, we have a live hit with our uh, newest reporter uh, down south. Uh, that would be Juan. And uh, he's going to be talking about his, uh, well, his uh, visit to Dallas. What's happening in Dallas right now? Well, uh, a couple of our rebels are down in Texas for the TPUSA women, Young Women's uh, Leadership Conference. So that's exciting. We even sent a woman, which is great. Okay. Yeah. Um, What's a woman? I, well, we have, a, we have a Supreme Court how, justice I couldn't answer all, that. First of all, David, how dare you? Okay. I'm not a biologist. Um, but there's a ton of famous conservative speakers that will be there. And uh, uh, my favorite personally is Ali Beth Stuckey. I follow her on Instagram and YouTube and she uh, and Twitter. And she talks a lot about w womanhood and and you know, protecting female spaces, which these days will get you killed. You're right. Preferably, and, but. And, and you know, let's dwell on that while we wait for Juan to establish his link. Um, Catherine, you see the radical trans agenda en route to destroying female sports. Uh, Leah Thomas, mm -hmm. uh, perfect example. Uh, I don't see the women's movement speaking out against. In fact, many uh, of the um, uh, women's movement people, they do a chant, which is trans women are real women, trans women are real women. And no, they're not. They're not. You know, if you're a biological male competing in a female sport um, other than horse racing uh, or, or sorry, equestrian or auto racing, uh, then 
you know, there is, you know, you can compete against each other mm -hmm. because that is the... It's the uh, horse doing the... It's the horse and the it's car. The horse, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when it comes to cardiovascular... Yeah, lung size, lungs, muscle density. Exactly. Your, your hand, like the palms of your hands, if they're, you know, five inches bigger, I mean, that may be an exaggeration, two inches bigger, you're going to get more water under you. hundred percent. Obviously, I'm not a scientist, but these are facts. But re just this past week, uh, doctors have come out and um, confirmed that Leah Thomas has a bio like a, a biological advantage. Being oh, you think? Right. Well, yeah. We need, someone we, needed a medical yeah, we needed degree. Needed a Dexter to, to tell us that being uh, on hormone suppressants for a year doesn't completely change your biology. So that's well, a shocking re re oh, revelation. It, it, it is shocking, and shame on the NCAA yeah. for allowing that grotesque sideshow uh, to continue. But at the end of the day, Catherine, sports are fun and games, right? Uh, no one's going to get hurt, even though this is uh, a terribly unfair situation. But right now in Canada, if I was convicted of murder, mm -hmm. I simply have to say, thanks to Justin Trudeau, I identify as female. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Even if you were, uh, well, to answer your question, you'd be put in a women's prison. Yep. Um, but even if you were convicted convicted of a, a sexual crime absolutely you could be put in a women's prison and just nat and i covered it in the recent episode of misunderstood um but or is are we talking about it next week i forget but a um yeah it's next week <clears throat> but an inmate in a i think it's california prison raped another inmate and people saw it and she she assaulted the woman so badly or he whatever you want, this inmate assaulted the woman so badly that she was unconscious. Yeah. They couldn't resuscitate her. And then she, then that inmate went on to threaten the other witnesses saying, I will rape all you, B words. And they're more concerned- About how her feeling comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. About the pronouns yeah. as opposed to the actual physical violent crime. And it should be noted that a lot of women in penitentiaries, they are victims yeah. of sex abuse. Yeah physical abuse, and to have a man come in, and, and that's what we're talking about. Um, just somebody saying, I'm a woman mm -hmm. right now, no genital slicing and dicing, no, no hormones, none of that nonsense, mm -hmm. uh, just like a big biker dude yeah. saying, uh, my name is now Lily, yeah. and uh, I want to do time in a female penitentiary, and ju the do. Justin Trudeau liberals yeah. say, yeah, in the yeah. name of tolerance and diversity, uh, your cellmate yeah. will be biological woman. Yeah. Unbelievable. It is, un and I never considered myself a feminist in the in the, the new old term, where there's the you know original feminism, which is like fighting for equal rights and opportunities, which is cool, but then it became man-hating feminism, where it's just like, we want to destroy men. And then now it's like, well, I have to be a feminist again yeah. just to protect women from from men. Like it, it's it, we're going back in time where women now are like second class citizens again. And we have to fight for our right to not be beaten and abused by men. And it's cr just because they're wearing a wig and they call themselves Sally. Yeah. It's the same friggin' thing. You don't even have to wear the wig. You don't. You, you know? just have to call yourself Sally. That's and, it. And, you know, you're right. When we look at classical feminism, you know, going back to the you know, mid 60s, yeah. early 70s. Those were valid things they were fighting for. Yeah, equal and like the pay. suffragettes. Right. Yes, exactly. exactly. Like, I don't want to be owned by my husband. Like, that's reasonable. Yeah. That's... And I want the right to yes, vote. Thank you. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, and so when you see those demonstrations, by the way, we cleared something up on another live stream. Um, those feminist rallies were always defined by women burning their bras 
Evidently, that's an urban legend. There's no examples of bra burning. And of course, that would be offside today with uh, carbon footprint yes. issues. We yes. don't want to make Those Greta Thunberg yeah. weep, right? There's like liquid and stuff in some of them. You don't want to burn that. So, uh, so that, that's, uh, that's an urban legend. But the cause itself was worthy going back some 50 Maybe years ago. Maybe we should ago. do it, though. Maybe we should burn a bra. Yeah, how do you stuff. how do you think you can ignite that? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it would actually be very flammable. It's like I know. unless it's cotton, like a lot of these fabrics are very <laughs> sketchy. Well, I'm proud to say I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, David. <So, laughs> in any event, I think we might have Juan on standby. We're still oh, waiting. we're still waiting. We're wanting more Juan. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're checking off the checklist, the Ontario election, uh, the radical trans movement, and are braziers flammable? <laughs> uh, that, that, that's what you're getting today on this show. Oh, okay yes. then. Oh, yes, this is fun. So... Um, Amazon had a flag raising ceremony for Pride Month, um, but I think about 30 or 15, a small number of Amazon employees uh, hosted a die-in where they laid on the ground pretending to be dead and covered themselves in the trans flag because they're upset and triggered by the fact that Amazon sells transphobic books, including uh, Matt Walsh's book, which oh. I don't know the name of off the top of my head. I'm sure there's other ones that they consider transphobic. Um, anything that talks about biological essentialism is basically transphobic to these people. Um, you know, it seems like such a like Amazon is such a huge company. If 15 people lay on the ground, just fire them. I agree. What's the problem? They're can't, they're useless people. Like, you know, Catherine, why can't we have strong men and strong women in the corporate culture that say what you just said? If you're going to lie down and pretend you're dead, well, do it at home because yeah. you're fired. Yeah. Uh, you're not at your workstation. We, you know, I, I once had a monologue on this, you know, the classic fable, the emperor's new cloak, where, you know, the little boy mm -hmm. is the only one in the village that says, hey, the king's naked. He's got nothing on. Uh, today, uh, the ending would be the kid is sent for sensitivity yeah. training for yeah. pointing out the obvious and the truth. And I think... When we see this being tolerated, Catherine, it's all about corporations, whether it's Home Depot, Coca-Cola, yeah. Levi's, you name it. We will bend the knee to the radical progressives, the Marxists, the radical trans community, so that they don't start any kind of boycott or slander campaign against their, our company. Yep. They'll move on to our competitors and yeah. do that. That's the weakness because right now. Because they're the loudest and most annoying. But what was that? They're Sorry. the loudest. Oh, Small absolutely. Minority are the loudest. And wh and who are they bending the knee to? A percent of a percent of mm -hmm. a percent of people. That is the degree of cowardice we see not only in the corporate world but in Hollywood, professional sports, government, you see it, the bureaucracy, you see it everywhere. And I'm sorry to be uh, potentially transphobic. A lot of these people, and there are studies to back this up are suffering from mental health issues. Yeah. And that's the tail wagging the dog, seriously? Unbelievable, so hopefully that pendulum is gonna swing back soon because the idea of trans people thinking a book is so toxic that they will die and yeah, they will pretend to die. Book. Yeah, like, write your or don't buy the book, yeah. change the channel. No, everyone has to think the same, but we do have Juan ready for ah, us okay, at then. the uh, TPUSA Young Women's Leadership Conference. Juan, can you hear us? Yeah, we can hear you. Hi. Ooh, hey, Juan, how you doing there? I'm going to turn you down. Uh, pretty good here. Uh, so we're here at the Turning Point USA 
Young Women's Leadership Summit here in Dallas, Texas, where thousands of women from all across the country have been coming here to just uh, show support for all the conservative women speakers here and just to have like an outlet to be able to join up with other conservative women throughout the whole country. So we, uh, it's the second day here, but we've been seeing more and more people show up and uh, with key speakers today, such as Candace Owens, Sylvia Evans, and uh, Lauren Chen here, uh, ready to speak today, we're seeing a, a large amount of people coming up. Well, Juan, since Catherine is, as far as I can tell, a young woman or somebody who identifies <laughs> as a young woman, I'm going to let her lead the interview with uh, with you. So take it away, Catherine. Okay, well, Juan, I haven't actually met you officially yet, so welcome to the team, first of all. It's nice to meet you. Um, what, have, what have been some highlights so far? I know you just got there. Uh, this is your first day there, but what, what are some highlights that are happening down there? Well, I mean, the highlights, I mean, we're seeing all these big uh, speakers speak. Uh, and yesterday, Lara Trump uh, spoke to a big crowd here uh, yesterday. And like I said, we're seeing thousands of people from all across the United States and all throughout the world just are showing up just to show their support towards conservative values here uh, for a turning point USA. That's awesome. So what did Laura Trump, uh, did you watch her speech? What did she, like, what topics did she hit on? Well, she was talking about how... Uh, it was great to see conservative women here gathering and just like calling out the left on just uh, them not being able to describe what a woman is and just <laughs> calling out the hypocrisy <laughs> with the values that they have. That seems to be a hot topic these days. What is a woman? No one can answer the question. I think it's pretty, it's literally, I Googled it. It's quite easy. It's literally, it's a, it's a what is a female and it's a, someone who's capable of producing eggs and has the capacity to give birth it's maybe not somebody that complicated maybe somebody should bring along some biology books and yeah. hand them out for uh you know an impromptu education yeah you know but you know one tell me uh one of the trends of the last u.s election and it was ted cruz i think that uh flagged this uh going back to 2020 the um it was the idea of a demographic that was going away from the republican party to the democrat party and that was college-educated, white, suburban woman. Uh, and basically, it was based on, oh, those mean tweets, uh, you know, that, that that's so offensive. I would argue, because I know one of those white, suburban, uh, college-educated women in uh, California who fit into that demographic and did vote uh, Biden. I'm wondering if those women are suffering from buyer's remorse given what's happened uh, to the U.S. Uh, since uh, the Democrats took power? I mean, a lot of them that I've been speaking to, I mean, they've been feeling remorse. And the primary thing that they're regretting is just the amount of uh, inflation that they've been seeing here and yeah. the gas prices and the shortage of supplies around the area. And another demographic that I've been speaking to that I've been showing a lot of remorse is as well, like the South Texas communities that start to vote Republican for the first time in many years, wow. just seeing with the problems with the border crisis that the Biden administration has been allowing. So a lot of people here, I mean, they're showing like they're showing their support just to have people like come here and just support women's values here and uh, just conservative values as a whole, too. So uh, we were actually thinking to show you just some of the booths around here just to show how big the event has been. Getting. Yes, please do. All right. So. Uh, like I said, I mean, we've been seeing thousands of women uh, around all across the, uh, the United States and many different countries as well just show up here just to show support for the event here. And uh, we've been seeing booths all throughout the area here just trying to talk with people, 
just um, to have like the same values of conservative ideas. So as you can see here, I mean, it's a massive uh, main booth here. Um, so like I said, it's a three day event and like we have not been seeing uh, it being uh, like a, not many people, like it's been crowded the whole time here. So um, we'll be uh, walking more around here and um, We'll I like see all people the from like all different. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's a great background here. It's a great. Uh, it's beautiful. Atmosphere. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, we've been to uh, people from like all walks of life and all different backgrounds that are just gathered here today, um, and just to show their support for uh, conservative and women's values here. So, like we, like you can see, I mean, there's many different booths from all different walks of life here. That's really interesting. I feel like um, in the past, maybe, and maybe I'm just ignorant, but I feel like an event like this would be more compelling to women today than it was five, 10 years ago, because womanhood is on the line. We're mm. getting attacked left, right, and center. And maybe, like I was just talking to David Menzies about this, but being a feminist 10 years ago is not the same definition as a feminist now. And, and I never considered myself a feminist or someone who would go to a woman's event because I'd be like, meh, we're all right. But we're not anymore. And I feel like this kind of event is probably more popular now than ever and more important now than ever. So it looks like a fun place to be. I see a lot of beautiful outfits. Nice job, ladies. <laughs> yeah. And especially, I mean, nowadays, especially with the Democrats, I mean, not supporting a lot of women, not just with the trans women in sports, but also like them saying that they can't define what a woman is or saying that they're not a, a biologist. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are just like coming here to show their support and being like, we want women to be treated uh, well. And they're seeing that with the conservative values, they're actually parties that are taking care of these women and actually supporting them. Yeah. The Democrats. And one, I'm curious too, um, what is the mood of uh, the attendees at this conference in terms of a optimistic feeling, uh, if you will, given the midterms are coming in November? And we look back at the you know, Trump regime and what did you have in America? You had energy independence. Inflation was not a, a factor. Uh, you had record low unemployment rates, uh, including for minority groups, Hispanic, black, female, Asian. Um, there was no such thing as a baby formula shortage, for goodness sakes, where you had to depend on airlifts from other countries. And this wokeism uh, was not a thing where, you know, as we've seen, a Supreme Court justice, as Catherine mentioned, can't even define a woman. I personally feel one, and just correct me if I'm going down the wrong path, I think we're going to see a generational, you know, landslide of people coming out to get uh, rid of so many Democrats. Of course, it's got to happen. People can't stay at home. They've got to actually get out and vote. What is the mood there that you're picking up? I mean, I think the mood is really good. I think, like I said, I've been seeing people from all different backgrounds and many different uh, political thoughts that... I've just been, they're being tired of the Democratic Party, especially under the Biden administration, feeling that they've been cheated. And I mean, they're, everyone's united here. And with the midterms, I think it's going to be a landslide, too, with people from both the left and the right just uniting and just seeing that uh, they have a lot of the same ideas that they agree on and seeing that the Democrats have just been uh, using them and manipulating them. Incredible. So the less than, you know, what, six months away, um, uh, we'll have to watch out for that. Uh, Catherine, do you have any other questions for what? Uh, no, I don't think I do. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was there myself, but um, for reasons I won't discuss, I cannot. 
Oh, well, I think the reason might be that we're uh, prisoners uh, in our country, one. We're landlocked. Uh, we can't take a plane, a train, a boat uh, until... You can't even take an automobile yeah, across the border. That, that That's for sure. And um, is there... Any hot topic, one at this conference has emerged? Is there something everyone's talking about? I presume the economy must be front of mind, given how in less than two years, things have gone upside down in America with the uh, Biden regime. But is there anything else that is being talked about by these attendees? Well, uh, like you said, uh, the economy is the main thing that most people here have been just agreeing that it's the main topic here. I mean, people, I mean, people are getting sick of having to pay $100 just to fill up their tanks and just seeing record highs of prices for gas, uh, not just in Texas, but throughout the whole country. Uh, and like I said, another hot topic is that they feel like they, uh, the women feel like they haven't been uh, represented by the Democrats since they're cheating them. They feel like they're being cheated, especially with things as uh, trans being in sports and uh, stealing their, their spotlight and their, their prizes because of unfair advantages, because of uh, physical traits. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of the things you've listed, Juan, are going to contribute to just a landslide. But I'm, I'm almost hesitant to speak in those terms because, you know, you might have people say, oh, it's a landslide. I, they don't need my vote. You got to get out the vote. That always matters. The vote has to come out. Ontario, we just had a provincial election uh, one last night, and uh, the uh, Progressive Conservative Party romped to victory, but the turnout um, was around 41%. And I think a lot of that had to do with uh, people looking at the polls and seeing that the Conservatives were due for a supermajority, and they said, eh, no sense me going out well nothing you know disasters happen but it can always go the other way when uh you uh stay home believing in the polls so i think that's a message to republicans regardless regardless of sex get the vote out come november don't take anything for granted mm -hmm. that's well put david well. <laughs> great okay well what Thank you so much. Uh, you're killing it with your reports uh, south of the border. Uh, I know when we say that, that means the United States. When you say that, it means Mexico. <laughs> so I just wanted to uh, be clear in terms of the geography. And uh, Juan, thank you so much for covering the conference. And we'll uh, look forward to your future reports. Thank you, Juan. Thank you. Thank you very thank you. much. Well, that was Juan. And, um, it, you know, really, um, Catherine, uh, it, it, it That was the two trends we saw in the last U.S. federal election. Like I said, college-educated white suburban woman not um, taking a likening to Trump's mean tweets. Well, you know what? I'll take any kind of mean tweets if it means uh, a gallon of gasoline is $2 as opposed to mm -hmm. six fifty, mm -hmm. And the unemployment and everything else that this regime is... Uh, I mean, Biden is the anti-Midas. Everything he touches doesn't turn to gold. It turns to something else. <laughs> and um, I, I think even those that voted uh, Democrat, I speak to my friend in California, she's never going down that route again. Uh, after That's seeing what's hear. happened. Yeah. And it was kind of funny, too, because the other trend was that you saw blue collar, um, mostly males, you know, working in industry 
that typically supported the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party used to be pro-union, pro-lunch bucket mm -hmm. brigade. Mm -hmm. And they were switching to Republican because they realized, you know, with the with the Democrats saying, we're going to shut down the coal uh, mines. We're going to stop pipeline, pipelines. We're going to stop the leasing of oil fields. They realized they're putting me out of a job. Yep. So that demographic uh, went uh, Republican. Really odd times we're living in, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> like how we talked about this earlier, but how Doug Ford has so much, so many of the unions behind Correct. him. Correct. Yep. It's a strange time, especially like, and I mentioned this again, but Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the federal NDP party, supposed to be a man of the people. Mm. New Democrat Party, they're supposed to be, you know, akin to socialism in a way. Closest thing we have here. Um, and he, yet he he walks around in a $20,000 watch and these oh, yeah. fancy suits. And he's just so disconnected from the reality of how average Canadians are living. And like I mentioned, the people are more people than ever are going to food banks. It's like times are tough here. And yet we have someone like Jagmeet and Trudeau, these people who who act like they're these I mean, they are. They're elite, rich people, and they and there's a sense that they're always sneering and turning their nose up at the yeah. average citizen. Even the way, I mean, this is kind of offside, but even the way uh, Justin Trudeau speaks, like his afflict, his what do you say, affliction, affliction in his voice, yes. is so pompous. Mm. It's just like. Get with the times, man. Like you're supposed to be the the part in you're not the, the New Democrats or the Liberals, but they're supposed to be representing the average person, not the rich, snobby conservatives, but the the average Canadian. But that is not. It's completely backwards from how it used to be. You know, Catherine. There's two things I get from your comments. One is the hypocrisy. Jugmeet Singh wearing the twenty thousand dollar watch, decrying the the carbon crisis mm. or the climate emergency. Yet I believe his personal car is a BMW M3. Right? Uh, yeah. Not exactly uh, a plug-in Toyota Prius. <laughs> and um, the other thing, there's a unique dynamic in the federal uh, NDP party. It's basically a two-headed hydra right now. You have Jugmeet Singh and some other MPs that typically represent downtown urban ridings. Mm -hmm. And they're all about, you know, uh, stopping pipelines, uh, you know, all about climate change, et cetera. But you have the other classic NDP uh, MPs who are the supporters of the lunch bucket brigade. Mm -hmm. well, they in want, Oshawa, yeah. they, it was completely Democrat or like NDP in the riding of Oshawa yesterday. And there you go for provincially. And, yeah. and, but the, the point is, is that I think if you were to get the NDP party to speak honestly, um, there was a lot of buyer's remorse that Thomas Mulcair, who brought them to official opposition status is no longer there and jug meat saying i'm sorry to say that's not just a dead dog that's a dead dog with fleas he is never going to break through he's the fourth place leader propping up these trudeau liberals and the liberal policies which he supports are contrary to blue collar mm -hmm. workers mm -hmm. who would be a big part of the ndp voting yeah, base absolutely he's slapping his own voting base in the face and that's why he was, you know, booed out of Brampton. And and by the way, um, I find this um, spectacular, Catherine, and I'm not sure how much truth there is, but I was going around the media looking at what certain analysts were saying, because right now the question is, who uh, replaces Stephen Del Duca? And of course, who replaces Andrea Horwath? And for 
Andrea Horwath's replacement, believe it or not, one name bandied about is Jugmeet Singh, you know, becoming the leader of the Ontario NDP. Uh, maybe he realizes that uh, it's a fool's errand to run federally. Um, I don't think for a variety of reasons the NDP under Jugmeet Singh will ever break through in Quebec like Thomas Mulcair mm -hmm. did. Um, do you think that's a possibility? Oh my gosh, I hope not. I mean, it's like, what, what's the what's worse? Can he do more damage in Ontario or federally? Like in federally, he'll probably never win because of Quebec um, and, you know, the, the West. In Ontario, maybe people will like him and he'd actually become in the, hmm. the leader and that would be a nightmare. I don't know. I, I think, think he should retire. Yeah, and that, by the way, that's a very good point because one of the reasons I really suspect he's propping up the Justin Trudeau liberals until 2025, oh my gosh, an eternity, then he will have put in the six years of service to qualify for that cushy pension. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, because you know what? When you're buying $20,000 watches and brand new BMW little, M3s off the lot, yeah, yeah you need some do-re-mi, yeah. right, you know? <laughs> uh, so I think that's uh, Jugmeet Singh's uh, true agenda. Well, I mean, it sucks that we have to pay him, but whatever, just retire. But. Get out of here. And uh, yeah. He's not a nice person. I don't think so either. He won't take questions from no. independent media. Uh, he is pompous. Uh, he is elitist, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's holding the country hostage by propping up this uh, yep. Trudeau government. But I see we're get running out of uh, racetrack here. Uh, Catherine, do we have some super chats? Yeah. Oh, okay then. You're going to have to read that, Catherine, because unless I'm Clark Kent, there's no way. I cannot read that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, Can we you? do something about the font size, producer Olivia? I can see AMT 640. I don't have my glasses. It's, it's, uh, oh, uh, we're it's gonna... not in Slack. Okay, then. Is it? Did I miss it? Oh, okay, I see them. I see them. My bad. My bad. I see them now. Um, okay. Here we go. So AMT $61 says Canada is not is in political hell, federally liberal and NDP and their dictatorship for another three long years. And now four years of Ford, who does what Trudeau tells him to do, is in the uh, is in the independent. Sorry, is the independent person for freedom like New Blue? Yeah, no, it, it's a good point. However, it looks like the strategy. Well, it doesn't look like the strategy did work. You had Justin Trudeau showing up at um, you know political events on the campaign trail for Doug Ford. In the meantime, he never showed up at a Stephen Del Duca liberal event. I mean, Stephen Del Duca must feel like a, you know, a, a, a spurned spouse. Yeah, I mean, they're I both liberal red. But I think part of that, Catherine, is that traditionally in Ontario for the last hundred years, uh, more or less, whichever party is in Ottawa on Parliament Hill, the federal uh, party, the opposite party is at Queen's Park. Mm. It, it's almost like the psyche of the Ontario voter, and I don't understand it I don't really. I understand it either. Yeah, they want like a counterbalance. Yeah. And I think Doug Ford realized that, and I think Justin Trudeau realized that, because why else is he showing up at progressive conservative campaign announcements? Uh, it, it's stunning. Again, what a weird world we're in. It is a kooky clown world, David. You are correct. <laughs> so from Noble Canadians, $30. Thank you. Thank you. Says, hi, cool David and lovely Catherine. Wow. Thank you. I believe fellow Star Trek fans. Yes. Hello. <laughs> hello. Um, 
Which parties do you think most resemble which race from Star Trek and which leader most resembles which character from Star Trek? Ah! Wow. Uh, I'd have to process that. Well, I feel like the liberals are the Romulans. Liberals are the Romulans, the NDP are the Klingons, uh, the PCs under Doug Ford are the Federation in the dark mirror universe. Oh. Yeah, not, these are the, your uh, your grandfather's PCs because let's face it, they've, uh, they're as liberal, uh, almost as liberal as the other two parties are certainly spending mm-hmm. uh, like liberals. So there you go. You know uh, what's funny is P- Captain Picard, <laughs> I would consider him a very liberal Person, but I would vote for that man if he was. If there was someone who resembled like the grace and the, the philosophical like balance of someone like mm. John Luc Picard, he would have my vote. I can still, you know what? I can conceive of the a twenty third or twenty fourth century in which we have starships going faster than the speed of light. I can't buy into the fact that Captain Jean Luc Picard from France speaks with a British accent. <laughs> yeah. That always loses me. Why did they just make him a, um, a yeah, someone yeah. from the UK? I mean, was that too much of an ask? Yeah. You know, but apparently it was. So anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, uh, every every race in Star Trek speaks English perfectly. So. Well, that's enough Star Trek references, but thank you Is for that it? nice donation. Thank you. Keep your phasers on fun. See what I did there? <laughs> Very Horowitz pat on the back. That's very funny. Okay, we have Judah Bercy, $1. Thank you. Nothing like shooting yourself in the foot, New Brunswick and Ontario Party, or new, sorry, New Blue and Ontario Party. Couldn't connect with Duca or Andrea. Yes. You know what? Shooting themselves Uh, in the foot. In in fairness, and we've seen this with uh, Maxime Bernier's PPC party, um, and despite getting a good percentage of the popular vote, but we know our electoral system doesn't work that way. The Conservatives federally in the last two elections won uh, the popular vote, but didn't win the election because it's writing base. And uh, just ask Mr. O'Toole and Mr. Shear about that. But the the fact of the matter is, Catherine, Historically speaking, for a startup party, you know, even with an elected representative, so we're talking Rick Nichols, Belinda Carajalios, mm-hmm. Maxine Bernier, they all lost their seats. Yeah. It is a Herculean task to break through. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw it again. People like labels. I guess so, yeah. you know. So, uh, and, uh, and, and again, like I said, people will point, well, look at the percentage of the vote. And basically... Uh, that's nice. That's good. But you know what? Doesn't translate into seats and no, doesn't translate and, into power. And, the, you know, for me, I voted um, PPC in the federal election. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that was because I was like, I want someone in in the parliament who represents my values, yes. even if it's just a few. But it's like we we won. Well, how many seats did the PPC win? Like one or two? No, zero. Zero. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, OK, so so I basically threw my vote away because I wanted to have my voice heard, but no one's going to hear it. Yeah. No one, they're not even in there. They're not even in the meeting. So it was a waste. And even Maxine Bernier, and, you know, I love Maxine. Yeah. I have, uh, you know, uh, he never turns on an interview with us. And I think I, I, I support his policies. But him and his father in uh, Beauce, Quebec, they've held that writing more than 30 years, three decades. And even then, uh, with his branding, with his name recognition, uh couldn't break through. Yeah. That's how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point. Um, next f- super chat is from Fraser Fraser McBurney, $5. Thank you. 
That's why I use capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The problem, Fraser, is that we, I, even I, with my wonky eyes, I can eyes, read that. I can read his name, but I can't read the I chat. I can read on that the, one because it was could? short and sweet and in capital. So thank you. Well, how do you do when you go to the optometrist with that eye chart? I oh, mean, I can always well. get the big capital E, right? But after <laughs> that, really it's downhill. I have <laughs> So I can see everything that's going on. Thank you, Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next chat is from TZ. TZ Oh my gosh. TZ Burton, $5. Thank you. Happy Friday, everyone. Just enjoy the moment today. That's so nice. You know what? And it's really nice. Catherine, honestly, moment. in the big picture, uh, if your party or your candidate didn't win, if you're upset about Ford getting another uh, four year mandate with a supermajority, the fact of the matter is life goes on. Mm -hmm. The sun came up. Hopefully, you're healthy. Hopefully everything's going well with your life and there will be other battles to fight. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I like that. Um, we have one from Rodron, $5. Thank you so much. It would be great if someone could swap the turban that Jagmeet wears with a hornet's nest instead. Jeez. Wow. A little <laughs> offside. Also, New Blue and Ontario Party should put their differences aside and unite. That I agree with. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with the second part. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe in advocating harm even by I mean, hornet stings yeah, to anyone. I think it was a joke because it's so cartoonish. Yeah. But we don't advocate for violence yeah. here, but thank you for the comment. Please, ladies and gentlemen, do not go out and seek out any Sikhs wearing a turban and don't. replacing it with a hornet's nest. You're, you're probably going to get stung in the process, by yeah. the way, doing it. So. Or you'll go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> but the other part I do like, yes, uh, reunite the independent yes. right. There's they your slogan. So, I love that. Yes. David, you should do it. <laughs> David, for premier. I'm behind you 100% Menzies. <laughs> I don't think I could capture dog catcher. So uh, <laughs> that's all the super chats we have. Well, and perfect timing. We're just yeah. one minute uh, past the hour. And uh, so um, I want to thank uh, super producers Olivia and Efren and behind the boards. Uh, oh, and Danny, thank you for mentioning that. I, You know, we have tinted glass for some reason. I think that's Efren's it's doing. It's because it's cool, man. He, Well, he's got this real, you know, lust for tinted windows yeah. in cars. He's always talking about tinted windows. I, and, and what it are looks you like doing, he's Efron? tinted the studio windows. I, I can't see anyone there. Uh, that's but, just your eyes, David. But thank you all, and uh, and thank everybody for tuning in, especially those who contributed a Super Chat. Like I said earlier, it's how we keep the uh, machinery gun running here. We need a lot of lights to blur the imperfections. And Catherine, thank you for being my oh, co-host. Oh, David, anytime. You were a delight. Oh, you're a delight. As you know, we go way back to yeah, at least a year ago. To at least a year ago, <laughs> which is a long time yeah. when uh, the clock's running yeah. down. Uh, in the meantime, folks, uh, there'll be, um, I think it's um, Sheila and Adam, Adam Seuss, Seuss on Monday, mm -hmm. and it's Sheila and I on Tuesday of next week. Have a wonderful weekend, and as always, stay sane. warnings, distancing, or divisive vaccine mandates. In Israel, people are living joyously in a post-COVID world, Mr. Speaker. But as soon as we boarded the flight home to Canada, all COVID
restrictions and mandates returned and I felt the anxiety and stress of the past two years and realized the terrible impact Canadian restrictions continue to have on our psyches and how desperately people need a return to normal. But this Liberal government will not allow it. They voted against our motion to end travel restrictions and mandates, even though other highly advanced vaccinated countries with leading scientific and medical experts have done so. Mr. Speaker, it doesn't have to be this way. All Canadians can live freely once again. I've seen it with my own eyes. It's time Canada moves on to.